Welcome to season four of the Art of Brilliance podcast. For those of you who don't know us, we deliver world-class training and webinars, and we also write amazing books on themes of happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. At Art of Brill, we're on a mission to change the world one person at a time. We pride ourselves on looking around at what everyone else is doing and not doing that. Which is why I'm excited, delighted and honoured to bring you something completely different. Brief backstory. During lockdown, our boss, Dr. Andy Cope, had some extra time on his hands. So he delved into quantum theory and to cut a long story short, made a breakthrough in the time-space continuum that allows him to communicate through time. I know exciting. <laughs> so in series four, we're going to push the boundaries of podcasting to bring you interviews with historical figures. Kind of like Bill and Ted, except theirs were made up and ours are real. We'll keep our original themes of happiness and well-being, but wouldn't it be great to delve into history and look at happiness through the ages? Not guesswork, not through the eyes of historians looking back through time, but genuine accounts from living, breathing celebrities from yesteryear. Sit back, open your ears and open your mind to the best and most creative podcast in the world. Wowza, wowza, wowza. You know what, even if you hate the podcast, you've got to admire Susie's intro. She is amazing. Susie's one of the Art of Being Brilliant trainers, by the way. She'll do the best Art of Being Brilliant webinar workshop keynote, plus her speciality, How to Find Your Brave, <laughs> takes Art of Brill to the next level, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the Time Tunnel has brought us a very special guest, but a couple of quick local notices before I hand over. So first of all, new book alert. Uh, am I allowed to publicize my own books? Well, I am doing. It's called The Happiness Revolution. It's due out on the 10th of June. Co-authored by my buddy and best-selling author, Paul McGee. You might know him from his sumo book, Shut Up and Move On. That was a seminal book for me. Uh, little did I know I was going to get to meet Paul and then work with him. So, um, Paul shares my passion for well-being and also for simplicity. So, no big words guaranteed. Available pre-order on Amazon. Or you can get your signed copies of The Happiness Revolution over at our little shop of happiness. That's uh, artofbrilliance.co.uk. Also, a quick reminder of what we do. So webinars, workshops, keynotes on themes of happiness and human flourishing. So businesses and schools have gotten good at stringing our subjects together to create a, what we call it, a well-being workout. So not just, not just about staying on your feet in challenging times, but it's about having a spring in your step while you're on your feet, which is really, really crucial. But of course, now things are changing. Things are on the up. So workplaces are reopening. So our menu's been refreshed. So it's less now, I think the emphasis is less about how to survive a pandemic and more about how to rock up at work, full-time, part-time, every other Thursday, some hybrid model, whatever it is, how to rock up as your best self, back in the game, showing up fully. So that can be webinars, that can be workshops. Uh, shift happens. Um, we've got back to work with a bang, we've got mental wealth, we've got strengths, we've got all the classic stuff there. But a special shout out to our brand new subject. We've called it Team Reboot. And look, folks, as your team drifts back, you've got one chance to regroup and reboot. I'm just telling you right now, adjusting to the new normal needs a rethink. So it's about working out how to be the best possible team in the new normal. So new rules, new ways of working, new relationships. I would say, right, hand on heart, get your people off site, treat them to something amazing. Now, don't waste that opportunity by filling the heads full of business up updates and financial stuff, right? It, for sure, chuck that up for the first hour. But they hand over to us. Let's fire them up in the morning and get them to come up with their team manifesto in the afternoon. So they set the rules going forward. Your team creates their own terms of engagement. 
Um, that way you can't command world class but they'll come up with world class all by themselves look the pandemic is one time only this opportunity to reboot them is also one time only do not waste that opportunity look we're already taking bookings for our team reboot so i'd say get in quick get your date booked and we'll see you off site there's loads of other stuff going on we've got short five minute podcast thought for the day podcast available to our clients just ask Brill schools, going from strength to strength. If you want positive psychology and well-being embedded in the curriculum, get your school signed up. Or if you're a business with a conscience, sponsor a couple of schools so they can join the well-being revolution. Anyway, look, there's more. There's loads more. There's always loads more creative stuff going on at Brill. But you didn't tune in for that. You wanted a guest. So, oh my giddy aunt, have I got a guest for you. Oh my gosh, dear listener, I am beyond excited. I mean, if you add in delighted and honoured and thrilled, you're still nowhere near how I'm feeling right now. Okay, so the Quantum Time Tunnel is bringing you a true revolutionary. And hey, at Art of Brill, we do like a revolution. Our guest is an icon, an influencer before social media was even thought of. A household name, a recognisable face, someone with a recognisable dress code even. This month, I'm travelling to 1930s India to bring you a live interview with Gandhi. Right? A, a world statesman that President Obama described as the one person he'd like to have dinner with. Time magazine named the Dalai Lama, Che Guevara, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King as children of Gandhi. There are films, there are books. His birthday is a national holiday in India. Look, I've been to India and there's a wonderful Gandhi statue in Delhi. And I'm pretty sure he's also on the Indian banknotes. Famous the world over. Still recognise the world over. That loincloth and those specs and that skinny frame. Gandhi's remembered for all the right reasons. I mean, look, hey, if we dig, we can find something. Some controversial thoughts on World War II and the Holocaust, maybe. But he's famous for non-violence and, of course, helping to bring independence to India. Now, just to remind you, this is not a history podcast. It's a happiness podcast. So we take a broad brush approach to events. I've time tunneled back to 1930. I'm asking Gandhi to reflect on life and happiness. Look, um, there's a lot of pent-up frustration in the world right now, so I'm all ears for this one. Mahandras Karamchand Gandhi, born October the 2nd, 1869. Died... Uh, oh, I better not announce that to him. Um, Mahatma Gandhi, how are you, sir? <laughs> Hello, Dr. Andy. I am very well, thank you. And I'm very honoured to be a guest on your podcast. But please, just call me Gandhi. The Mahatma thing means um, a, referred, a revered person, a sage. And it's nice to know that others call me that. But I'm not really all that stuff. My friends just call me Gandhi. So Gandhi will do. Am I really on the banknotes in the future? That is truly amazing, sir. And has independence happened in the future? Did we win? And may I ask, how is the future? What year do you currently have? Oh, Gandhi, you sound so relaxing, which is kind of what I was expecting, really. Well, my calendar, mate, says 2021. But before we go any further, sir, can I just check you're the actual Gandhi, you know, like with brown skin from actual India? You're not, for example, a white bloke pretending to be Gandhi. <laughs> That's a very strange question, Dr. Andy. 
I am indeed Indian. I am speaking to you from the city of city of Calcutta. Why do you ask such a strange and unexpected question? Oh, it's a long story, mate. Things change. I mean, for example, Calcutta isn't even Calcutta anymore. Look, there's something called cultural appropriation that we've got to be really careful of. Let's just say the world's very sensitive, and I think the previous couple of sentences just keeps me the right side of the line. Maybe. It sounds like a very complicated future world. And is the future happy, Dr. Andy? And peaceful? Well, happy, peaceful. Um, Do you know what? I'm not so sure. It's certainly very complicated. And let's just say it's been an interesting year or two, Gandhi. So happiness for some has been very hard to come by. So let's go back to your time over here. Because I read on the internet that you actually studied at University College London. Oh, yes, Dr. Andy. I spent three years studying in London, studying law. London was a crazy place for a shy Indian student. I forced myself to join a public speaking group where we practiced and we practiced. I think it stood me in good stead for what was about to come. And from there, I got a job in South Africa. In fact, I spent 21 years in South Africa, and that was a very harsh country. They had a system called apartheid. This shaped my political views, colonialism. The British owned Britain, and that seemed fair. But why should they own a third of the world? I felt not just the unfairness, but the that the colonies were being plundered. Although I was a barrister in South Africa, so I had a good job, I was still seen as a second-class citizen. It was sometimes hard for me to be happy. For example, I remember being evicted from a train carriage for having brown skin. Having brown skin is not a crime, Dr. Andy. On another occasion, I was not allowed to sit with European passengers on a stagecoach. I'm traveling on the outside and I'm thinking, this is not right. Another time, I was thrown off a train for refusing to move out of first class. This was a turning point for me. I sat in the station shivering all night, thinking angry thoughts. Should I return to India? Or should I stay and fight for what's right? In the end, I did both. Wow. Well, I mean, it's good news on the South Africa front, sir. There's been some movement on apartheid. I mean, slow, but it is happening. In fact, little note to myself, Mr. Mandela will be a good guest for the next episode. Uh, but you said you said fight for what's right. But how you fought is different. Yes, I have strong views on how to fight. In 1915, I returned to India and I dipped my toe in the political waters. I joined the Indian National Congress and I started fighting to make change happen. I wanted independence for India. Yes, but it it wasn't pitchforks and machetes and angry protests. Tell tell me about non-cooperation. Well, you see, I grew up with a Vedantic ideal of self-realization, ahimsa, non-violence vegetarianism, and universal love. The most important battle to fight was overcoming my own demons, my own fears and insecurities. I'm never sure whether God is truth or truth is God, but my truth is that God is not a separate power. But as a Brahmin of the Advaita Vedanta tradition, this is non-dualist. In plain, simple Indian, 
That means soul pervades in all things, in each person and in all life. Whoa, hang on there, fella. Let's back that up. There's some big words in there. I'm, I'm not sure what Brahman means or non-dualist. Let, let's just go back to that last sentence. The soul pervades all things, in each person and in life. Can you just unpick that for me? Yes, it's simple, really. God and humans, we are all the same. All living beings have the same one soul, and therefore equality, the Atman exists. Sorry, let me explain. Atman is the Hindu word for soul or spirit. There is one soul, one spirit. That means we are all connected. Everything in the universe is one. Non-violence is the very nature of this Atman. Basically, it means this. If we are all one, then any violence I use is violence against myself. Oh, gosh, yes. I'm kind of half with you, Gandhi. But look, you're a black belt of this Atman, peace, love, wholeness, oneness thing. Look, I'm just a beginner. But I'll let you into a secret. I think what you're talking about back there in 1930 has got a serious foothold in the future. I think we might call it something different. So mindfulness or meditation or, or consciousness even, I'm not sure. Whatever we call it, there's been a massive resurgence of, of kind of learning to live in the moment. The modern world is very fast and unforgiving and, and it's quite exhausting too, Gandhi. What you're describing seems to be a way of finding inner happiness, inner peace. So you surrender to the outside forces and learn to take care of your inner happiness. Is that what you're saying? More or less, Dr. Andy. Happiness resides in the moment. Your life, my life, everyone's life is played out in the present moment. Learning to be peaceful and happy right now is the very best that we can hope for. Sure, I want political change, and but that has to start with myself. Think about all the wars that have ever been. What have they achieved? Bloodshed and temporary dominance of one army against another army. I'm talking about something, something related to Atman. In India, we call it Satyakraha. That means soul force. I use it as a political movement. It means refusing to use brute force against the oppressor, seeking to eliminate antagonisms between the oppressor and the oppressed. I'm aiming to purify my enemies. I love my enemies also. <laughs> you, lo you love your enemies. I mean, look, I don't really get that. I guess it's a bit like, um, if I translate it to the modern world, it's a bit like football rivalry. All right? So I'm a Derby County supporter, our arch rivals are Nottingham Forest. So you're asking me to love Nottingham Forest supporters. Mate, that takes a big leap of faith, because they're not going to love me back. You see, I'm imagining it right now. Forest supporters chanting songs of rivalry and hatred at the Derby supporters, with us chanting love songs back at them. That's just weird, mate. And Gandhi, in your case, I guess this was much, 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 much bigger than my silly football example. You, right now in 1930, you're battling for independence, but you're fighting your enemies with love rather than hate? That is exactly it, Dr. Andy. In India, we don't need pitchforks and anger and guns. Instead, we fight with inaction, passive, passive resistance and non-cooperation. The idea is that nobody gets hurt and eventually long, love conquers hate. This soul force arms the individual with moral power 
rather than physical power. Well, look, I like what you're saying, but the reality is that the enemy is armed with guns and bayonets, and you're armed with, well, what, a smile and a loving heart? That seems like an unfair fight, Gandhi. In fact, let's explore that. So tell me about the dandy salt marches. Um, I read it about it on the internet. The internet? I don't understand that term. But yes, indeed. I returned to India. Life was unjust. The British imposed land taxes and now a salt tax. Something had to be done. So I organized a march. It was 250 miles. As we marched through India, the crowds followed. And when we arrived at the Darasana Salt Works, our destination, the authorities were waiting. Remember, ours was a peaceful protest. The police rushed us. They beat us. They shot at us. None of the marchers raised a hand to protect themselves. Our marchers suffered fractured skulls, broken bones, 300 injured, two dead. Whoa, fractured skulls, broken bones, dead and injured. And yet, according to Wikipedia, nobody raised a hand, not even in self-defence. Honestly, I'm struggling. I just don't get it. Hey, Dr. Andy, I throw dualism and Brahman at you. And you throw internet and Wikipedia back at me. Your big words are confusing. Can you explain what Wikipedia is? Oh, mate, let's, uh, let's not go there. As I said earlier, a lot has happened in this new millennium, Gandhi. So let's go back to non-violence. I can't believe that your guys didn't raise a hand against the oppressors, not even in self-defence. Dr. Andy, I promise you it's true. I was there. Yes, we got beaten physically. But... We were not beaten. It was clear who the bad guys were. They wanted us to fight. They expected us to fight. We refused. The British had wounded us, but they had done massive damages to themselves. They could not repair this damage. The world could now see. Our independence movement got stronger, not weaker. Hate and violence had lost. Love and peace had won. Hey, dude, I know it's 1930 where you are, but plot spoiler alert, there's some big stuff going to be happening in your favour in 1947. So hang in there, buddy. Can I explore one more thing? Right, so you're a famous man. You could command big speaking fees and write big books. You could make lots of money and live in a huge house, but you don't. Now, why is that? I don't need much to exist. My happiness is not dependent on some outside world. I don't judge my happiness on how much money I have, or the shoes, or the clothes, and such like. I have one pair of sandals. My spectacles are very important, and I have enough to eat. I am a human being. That means I am at peace. I am happy in my mind. I am happy now, in this moment. Here's the truth about happiness, Dr. Andy. Once you're content, you have enough. Oh, hang on there, Gandhi. That's the wrong way around, mate. Um, we might want to re-record that. What you meant to say is that once you have enough, then you're content, right? Wrong. You can first find contentment. Your desire to chase materialistic things will die down. It's like throwing water on the fire. I have the basics. That's all I need. I am content, therefore... I have enough. Oh, crikey. And what do you say to the people of the 2020s who are still chasing? Those who are living life in the opposite way to you? Those who can't shake the I'll be content once I have enough mantra? 
I say three words, Dr. Andy. Three words that I live by. Three words that I will likely die by. Whoa, gosh, Candy, this feels like a drum roll moment, mate. Can you give me a world exclusive on the three magical words of happiness? What are the three words that will transform the residents of the 2020s? Well, the three words are these. Be the change. Oh, my gosh. Be the change. Three little words that will have a big impact. And so simple. Do you know what, mate? That's a biggie for me personally. Like, and this materialism, I've been stepping off the materialist treadmill for a while. I mean, there's something called minimalist over here, which is, I'm not quite there, but I've definitely learned to chase much less hard. It's taken me a while, but I figured that I don't need so much stuff to make me happy. But peace, love, happiness, contentment, I'm going to be that change. And even bigger than that, I'm going to be that change even when no one's looking. I'm going to love everyone, Gandhi, even Nottingham Forest supporters. That's the key, Dr. Andy. Look, I don't really understand your footballing language. But think about this. If your team plays your nearest rival, they will sometimes beat you, correct? Oh, Gandhi, right now, everyone, everybody's beating us, dude. <laughs> and when they win the game, you are sad and you are angry. But if you can find love rather than hate, then even after the game, you still love your enemies. You will still be happy. So in reality, they have won the game, but you are not sad and angry. Therefore, you are not really beaten at all. You are still happy. Can you see it? <laughs> right. It's a stretch, but I can see it. Dr. Andy, this is how it looks to me. I still see too many people who demand change, who cry out for change, who get angry because they want change to happen. Yet they are not willing to change. So be the change is a powerful message to everyone in the 2020s. Look in the mirror and make some commitments because that person, the one looking back at you, is the one in control of your life. No more excuses, Dr. Andy. No more waiting for the perfect moment or the right time because they will never come. The world is imperfect. Be the change means we must, must, we must step up to being our very best selves in a very imperfect world. Peace, love, happiness, they're good changes to be. Oh, mate, Gandhi, I can't really follow that. Uh, and I can see that the flux is low and the time tunnel is beginning to narrow. So I'll have to call a halt to our chat. Mahandras Karamchand Gandhi, Mahatma, thank you for joining me today, live from 1930. Until next time, loyal listener, be the change. Thanks for listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell the world. A nice review would make our day. That's the very best way of getting like-minded people to tune into our very simple messages about happiness and human flourishing. If you've hated it, please keep quiet. Remember the world has enough negativity already. So be a lover, not a hater. Feel free to check out our training and the little shop of happiness at artofbrilliance.co.uk. Thanks again. See you next time for another amazing episode where we'll be sparking up the quantum time tunnel and chatting to a celebrity from history. <laughs>